This is the Off Mic Podcast, a radio show about radio life. Here's your host, Drew Dalby. Hey, it's Chad McDonald from 104.9 The Wolf from the Chad and Ballsy Show, and uh, I'm on Off the Mic. You're really excited about it, I can tell. I am, ex- I am so excited about it. <laughs> I'm a morning guy. It's like 8 in the p.m., this is like these are after Wheel of Fortune. I'm in bed, man. So this is different. For I me. would I would like to thank you for drinking an extra cup of coffee and being <laughs> here today. And I apologize to all your listeners. I mean, this won't be airing until well after this interview. But I'm sure your show will be yeah. terrible tomorrow. Well, the, the the four of them will be so upset. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's start with where did you did you go to radio school? Uh, believe it or not, I did. Okay. Yeah, I actually, I, I went to the Western Academy of Broadcasting. W-A-B-C. W-A-B-C with Don Scott, Rise and Fall. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, it was, <laughs> honestly, it takes me longer to catch up on a season of The Walking Dead than it does to get my broadcasting certificate. <laughs> It was like six months. You're ruining the illusion. Well, I I mean, it was good, though. It's a great foot in the door. And, uh, you know, I recommend it to people. Sure, it's a good foot in the door. And, uh, yeah, from there, I was on to other markets. And, yeah, it it didn't take too long. And I found that broadcasting school was just a horrendous experience for me because I was so bad. Uh, (laughs) I remember Don Scott would say that I sounded like Ben Stein. Wow. that's that Ben Stein, funny guy. Excellent guy. Made a great career of doing what he does, but if you're looking to get into radio, anything other than like talk or PBS, that's not a good comparison. No, no, not at all. But it was was honest. And I I listened back to my air checks and he's right. I sounded like (laughs) Ben Stein, but uh, (laughs) that's where I learned that maybe I should focus on my humor because I don't know if my sound's ever going to be bang on. But and then uh, from there, I moved on to other markets and. How does a kid who sounds like Ben Stein decide that he wants to be in radio in the first place? I never wanted to be in radio. What the hell were you doing at WABC then? (laughs) Let me explain. All right. So when I started, uh, when I I was uh, like grade 9, 10, you know, that's usually when you kind of start deciding where you want to go. Oh, shit. I have to figure out my life. Yeah, I should probably find out a way that I'm going to make a living. Right. And I had no idea. So I had actually started going in the direction of being a prison guard. So I was going to get into corrections. Wow. Just shooting for the stars. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I decided I'm going to get into corrections. I don't know if I had anger issues or what. And it was grade 11. It was a psychology class. And I went to the PA pen for a (laughs) tour. Prince Albert, for those unfamiliar with the area, a a lovely town. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I go to the PA pen for a tour and I, that immediately, I was just like, I will get shanked in here. Like, there's no way that they're not going to make me smuggle drugs in my ass here because I'm such a patsy. So I was just like, that's not happening. I can't do that. So I, uh, everybody had told me that I was really good at emceeing events because I'd emceed grad stuff. And, and I, I was in a little bit of drama and drama and stuff like that. And I mean, I was one of those guys. And, uh, and it was entertaining is really what I like to do. And okay. it was just a passion for me. And somebody just kind of said, why don't you get into radio? You know, you might be, give it a try. And I figured, well, it's a six month course. Why the hell not? (laughs) What do you have to lose? Yeah. So, uh, I actually ended up taking six months off of everything after high school. I took six months and did nothing. I lived in my parents' basement because my parents almost kind of forced me to, and I never knew why, but I think it was to show to show me that sitting and doing nothing is the worst thing you can do in your life. That's an interesting life lesson to impart on your kids. Man, but it was six months of nothing. Like, I did... I I sat and played, like, online games for six months. And by the time it came around to going to school, I was begging to get out there and do something. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I did the six-month course, and uh, and uh, then I went on to uh, Prince Albert again. <laughs> yes! Ah! I couldn't get away from it. I just went a couple blocks down from the PA pen uh, <laughs> to uh, uh, a radio station called 900 CKBI, which was an AM country station. It still is. And uh, Mix 101 is a rock station, and Power 99 is a top 40 station. Okay. And actually, funny story, your former co-host, Aaron Miller... Her and I were up for the same internship there. So her and I go up together for this interview. Because you were both WABC grads. Both WABC grads. And she gets a speeding ticket on the way, which I feel horrible about. She doesn't surprise me in the slightest. No, she speeds a lot. And we get to the interview, and it's myself and Aaron Miller on one side. Then it's 
Neil Hedrick, who's a big booming voice of Neil Hedrick, Garth Callen, who's the program director for the FM stations, and Jim Scarrow, who went on to be the mayor of Prince Albert. But Jim Scarrow is this very, he's a very nice man, but he's a very intimidating man because he has a set of pipes on him like I've never heard. And it's the three of them asking us questions, firing questions at us over the table. They're interviewing you at the same time. At the same time. It's like a reality (laughs) show. It's like you're waiting for Donald Trump to come out, right? And, And they're asking her every question. I'm getting nothing. They're ignoring you. 100% ignoring me. (laughs) So as soon as we walk out of the interview, I I look at Aaron. I'm like, well, this is yours. And she's even like, yeah, this is mine. I I, I can tell. They're only asking me. They don't even care about you. And a couple days later, I get the call. Hey, man, you want want an internship in, in Prince Albert? And I go, yeah, I guess so. And I was totally shocked. And I figured they're picking me on talent. They didn't pick me on talent. They picked me because... They knew I'd be doing roadie stuff, and I'd be carrying stuff around and lugging everything around, (laughs) and they knew that I would be easier to get to do that stuff. So that's why they picked me to do it. And uh, that internship ended up turning into a gig where I would would do, you know, I'd do swing for all three stations. So I got a crash course because I got AM country, classic rock essentially, and top 40 all in one go. Three completely different brands. And I would be doing the same shift every day on those stations, which was weird because I'd have to go by a different name on every station, right? What were your other radio names? Uh, well, actually, I just went by Chad the Intern on the rock station. That makes sense. And then on Power 99, I think I just went by Chad. Okay. So people, you know, would be... A, it's not like I'm like <laughs> James Bond here. Here's you know, Chad. Yeah. Wink, yeah, wink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Not the same guy who sounds exactly the same <laughs> over there. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, on the AM Country Station, I just used my full name, right? Right. So... <laughs> It was such a joke. Anyway, I but feel it was, like you missed out in not calling yourself Ben Stein on one of those I stations. Should have. <laughs> I should have. Or Chad Bueller. <laughs> so I I did the, the full uh, gambit there. And actually, it was a really great experience because I got to learn everything. And right. uh, not only was I on air on all three stations, but I was also a producer for uh, Raider Radio, which is... With uh, which was with Brian Munns, so I got to uh, know Munsey pretty well doing that, and uh, he's with the Winnipeg Jets now. And then, uh, yeah, I, ju- I got to do the setup stuff. But the funny thing is, I'm sure a lot of like you, I- I'm sure everybody out there uh, starting in radio, you kind of did the setup thing where you'd go and, and set up remotes, or or you'd have to you lug the equipment, right? Yeah, the stuff that the people on air don't want to do, right? Yeah, and I start I started with Rolko, and Rolko Prince Albert had a rule that you had to wear a shirt and tie every day when you did it even while you were setting up even gear. while you're setting up gear so and back in the day everybody used to have these boom boxes right you know the big big boom box vehicle they're usually pulled on trailers two giant speakers and then the middle part is where the dj sits and does his show from right the big jam setup yeah right, yeah. yeah yeah and it was the middle of winter and i'm wearing dress shoes and i have to go up on the roof of this thing and it's icy as hell and I, I, I don't know how many times I almost broke my neck on that thing setting that up, but I'm pretty sure they don't do those. That's why they don't have those things anymore. Like, they were just dangerous. So Prince Albert is kind of where I honestly learned it all, except live radio. You know, So you were never live. It was all voice tracks. Never live. Uh. I was never live. So I went from PA to Battleford after that. So I've, I've just done the Saskatchewan circuit, right? So Did they try and keep you in PA? Like, was it a case of your time in PA was over and then you went to Battleford? Or were they trying to keep you, but you got offered another gig? Uh, well, I, I knew that I wasn't going to get anywhere doing overnights. Being and, Chad the intern. Right. And, and even though North Battleford was a market like one quarter the size... I knew that I needed that experience during daytime, and I knew I needed live experience. I mean, if you voice track all the time, what kind of radio person are you, right? You need to go with no net. So I was ready for no net. So I went to North Battleford, and I started doing afternoons on Q98, which, I mean, you are from you were on, in Lloyd, so I'm sure you'd heard of Q98. But Q98 was a station where I would play Metallica next to Celine Dion. <laughs> I love those small town stations. Right. Yeah, and you have to appeal to everyone, right? Yeah. Which was perfect for me because I had come from three stations. You were basically I'd doing come, this already. Right. So <laughs> I just put it all into one show. It really worked out well for me. And, and Q98 was kind of where I learned the rule, be bigger than the market you're in. 
And I just absolutely wanted to become the biggest fish in that small town that I could. And I wanted to make sure nobody on that station, including the morning guy, was better than me. I had to be the best on that station. And all be all, that was it. Well, that's how it should be, Ed. That, right. And, and it shouldn't stop in small markets. You see this, you know, guys, they have the same mentality as you when they're in the small market because they want to get to the big market. And then they get to the big market and they're like, all right, that's good. Yeah. I'll just hang out here now. And then their show goes to hell and they're right. back in the medium or small market. Yeah. Well, I, when you first came here, I remember we went for beers. And I think one of the first things I ever told you was come at my throat. Yeah. Like, yeah, come you, for me, man. Like, Try and kill me. It was uncomfortable. It was yeah. awkward. But I want that. You know, you got to have that because not only will it make you better, it'll make me better. And, right. And I don't know if it has made me better, but. <laughs> it made me better. I like yeah, to think that right. I'm doing okay. See, yeah, you're doing fine. You're doing, I, I'll be getting doing, your show in no time. You're perfect. Awesome. Take it. You deal with ballsy. Anyway. Uh, so from, from North Battleford, I actually, uh, decided it was time to move on to a bigger market or, uh, take on more responsibility. I didn't care which way I was going. I just knew I had to do something else. And, um, I got a call from Paul O'Neill, actually. Um, he was on Wayne FM and Wainwright. Yeah. So I got the call. I can't even remember what the position was for. It was for something like, you know, one of those positions where it's like APD slash maybe APD. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and we're going to bring you in and we'll throw some fancy title right, at you, yeah. but you're really just doing. Exactly. So I took the job fully intending on going and I really did want to start this new position. And then Rolko really wanted to keep me in the company, which we can get onto later. But I decided, all right, fine. Uh, what's your offer? And they said, we'll give you afternoons on Rock 102 in Saskatoon. And Slightly bigger than Wainwright. Right. Yeah, just a touch. <laughs> and we'll, we'll make you music director for Rock 102 and C95. Well, I remember that call I had to make to Paul. Paul, if you're listening right now, I'm so sorry. I hated <laughs> that phone call I had to make. I'm sh- I know he understood, but it killed me to, to make that phone call. So I went to Saskatoon, and going to Saskatoon for me was the ultimate experience because I'd grown up in Lanigan. Uh, that's my hometown, just a small little town outside of Saskatoon. So when I was growing up, I had grown up listening to these guys. I had grown up listening to Mark Loshak and Rambling Dave and and uh, Brent Laux and and Gormley and and all the all of these these people that I just considered great and I still do consider them great. I remember walking in the door of the building and meeting Brent Laux for the first time and just being like in absolute awe. And then it hit me holy Christ, these are my peers now. You know, like, these are the guys that I'm going to be seeing every day. And then that's when I, that's when I shit my pants. Like, I was just like, <laughs> I can't be here. This is not my gig anymore. I, I, I can't be on the air on this station. And Somebody's I, made a mistake. Right. And the, I've never not wanted to do an on-air shift so much in my life <laughs> as that first day I was on the air on Rock 102. That was just that was horrific, terrifying. But I mean, you know how it is. Ten minutes into the show, you're already off and rolling. Well, that's just it, right? It's it's the walk to the studio, and it's sitting at that new board for the first time, oh, and you're just oh. like, there are so many things that I can break right. and ruin in here. Yeah. But then you start doing it, and the building doesn't catch fire, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, right. They hired me because I'm kind of good at this. <laughs> or you'd hope, you know. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, but then you're also thinking, they hired me because I'm good at this. Oh, God, I got to be good at this. <laughs> right? And, uh, yeah, Saskatoon was, it was, it was a lot of fun there. And I actually ended up spending four years in Saskatoon and uh, just doing afternoons on uh, Rock 102. Eventually, I, I got out of the music director role because it wasn't me. I, I couldn't I couldn't be a music director because I didn't have the patience for it. And by that, I mean, I, I couldn't find the formula to it. And uh, even to this day, I struggle with it. It's just one of those things where it's like tempos and, and right. sometimes you feel like there's too much thought put into it. It's just like, is it a good song? Then play it. Yeah, you know, but it's not like that. And uh, there are two different kinds of music directors that right. are that are in this industry. There are the ones that they, you know, they they use the automation systems that they have now, mm-hmm. and they auto sked everything. And right. does it fit? Does the hour time? Does this make sense? You know, scroll through it. We're good. We're out. Right. And then there are the other people who will meticulously pour over every oh. element of every day. The, these songs go together. Does this splitter sound weird coming out of this song? Oh my god, those oh. people. And, and those and you know what though? Those people, God bless them because they make amazing sounding stations. It's little things that you never notice when you're listening to the station, 
But when you go to a, you, when you listen to a station of a similar format right. with a music director that's not doing that, uh-huh. all of a sudden you're like, oh, ugh. you know, these little things <laughs> they catch your ear. Yeah, I just and I mean this sounds bad because our bosses are probably listening to this and I am the music director, but I can't do that. <laughs> no, I and would, that's that's fine. It you would know, break my brain. Right, but that's that's fine in certain formats. I mean, yeah. the Wolf is not one of those stations. We're not a polished station. No, you know, and, and, and we're not supposed to be. No, and and I think that really flies with chr stations yeah i mean if if i'm ever you know listening to the beat or anything like that and it's not flowing like that i go who the hell is the music director you somebody know? here is making mistakes right yeah. and and it's got to be smooth and, and shiny and polished and that's you know w- what they like but the other thing is now music director is not a, a solo position because i mean i'm sure you've worked with some guys and i knew a lot of guys mm-hmm. that were they were the music director they were right. never on the air mm-hmm. unless they were doing fill-in vacation whatever but their nine to five was to sit down and pour over logs yeah. and and you know bring in new songs and and old songs and and that it, it's almost an art form that way. But when you start comparing it, because there are days where I go back to that desk mm-hmm. and I, I I'm putting my time in and I'm going through and I'm listening to new stuff and I'm putting together countdowns and all this other stuff and then I go, well I got a show to do, so all of it just <laughs> goes off to the side and then I start prepping my show because to me that's the more important aspect of my job and that scares people and yeah. it does it scares it scares programmers uh to think that that would be uh, like for me when i was music director i was music director of two stations and an on-air show god bless you well my on-air show was never live because i had to sacrifice that time right to work on c95 or whatever it was at the time and that's not what I got into radio to do, you know. Right. I, like I said, I wanted to be an entertainer. I didn't want to. What the hell am I doing looking at these numbers, and burning my eyeballs out? I get why people will pour over music like that sometimes. Yeah. But uh, sometimes I wish they'd just give it less thought. <laughs> yeah. For my sake, when I'm going through the show and deleting music. <laughs> I mean, I don't do that. Nah, who would ever? When yeah. you were the music director, were there any? Benefit because I know you. I know you're a huge music guy. You mm-hmm. you have a passion for music, right? Yeah. Were there ever any benefits that you found to being the music director, especially at a place like Rock 102? Free shit. <laughs> yeah. Coolest yeah, thing man. you ever got as a music director. Uh, I got I got to go to Los Angeles for a press conference. Okay. That was pretty cool for a Motley Crue press conference, nonetheless. And actually, I uh, okay. So I go to this <laughs> press conference <laughs> and. And uh, we get off the plane. I can say this because I no longer work for that company. Get off the plane, and I am just piled. Like, <laughs> and I've got a contest winner with me who, who I took down to meet the bands. Yeah. And it was for Crew Fest. So it was oh, Motley Crue yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Papa Roach and Buck Cherry, and I can't remember who else. A lot of drugs. Anyway, we get off the plane, and, and we're both shit-canned. Uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be swearing. Anyway, so we get... We can't find our shuttle at LAX. This is the first time I've ever flown. Such a Saskatchewan boy. Wait, like, flown first time on first time an airplane? on a plane. Wow. Period. <laughs> Holy cow. And I land at LAX, drunk. <laughs> hey, you're done. I have no idea where I'm going. So <laughs> we end up finding our shuttle. We have to interview the bands. And this is about six or seven hours into us being in LA. So imagine how drunk we were by then. Sure. So I gave the contest winner my questions and said, if they ask, you're Chad McDonald. (laughs) 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 So he goes back. And he did a damn good job. They videotaped it and everything. There's video of it online. It's uh, it's pretty funny. But he ended up having to do the interviews, and it was it was pretty good. How did you spin that to your boss when the video comes out of your contest winner as Chad McDonald doing uh, the interview? I don't know. I can't even remember how I spun it. I don't even know if I did. <laughs> you I were drunk at the time. Though. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think I had to spin it. I mean, <laughs> what do you expect, right? So, yeah. That was fun. Chance of a lifetime for the contest. Win. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're going to go talk to Tommy Lee right now. Yeah. Not yeah. only are you getting to meet and greet the band, but you're also responsible for a full interview. Yeah. And I gave him ridiculous questions like, of course. What, you know, what's the rule for pooping on the tour bus? And like just stupid questions like things that. you would never ask. Right. Well, no things I would ask. But, <laughs> but, but uh, I would know what the reaction is going to be. Right. But Saskatoon was fun. And that was actually where I got to. Uh, I got really involved in the local music scene. And that's something that I think every jock should do at least once in their career is get in, get heavily, especially if you're afternoons, because afternoon you have that op, you have the opportunity to become heavily involved in the local scene because you don't have to be up that early. 
Right. You can still sleep in a little bit. Unlike you, you've got a young daughter, so that's a little tougher. But I remember I would go out every night and go watch a live show. I had to. It was just, you know, and, and in Saskatoon at that time, that was when the sheepdogs were coming up. That's when, uh, that's when uh, One Bad Son was coming up. And that's who I love to support, One Bad Son. And, and uh, it's really unique, especially with like Sask music and stuff here and, uh, in Saskatchewan. And I know we just had Derek Bachman pass away, who was an amazing voice for Sask music. Um, but there's such a great organization. If you have one like that in your province, get in on it, support it, and uh, it's the future of your job. And <laughs> that's that's it. Get the, out there and, and help I've never out. understood radio people that won't go to concerts because it's uh, especially in your own format. Because it's right. like a, it's the thing your demo is going to be talking about yeah. the next day. That's right. And B, you you are you're showing that support for people that make it possible for people like us to do what we do because let's face it there's already talk radio stations out there mm-hmm. um you know th- they do well but you see their numbers and they don't they don't blow away entire cities for the yeah, most part that's right if we don't have music then we're all just doing talk radio and that's not going to work. Well, I mean, it does work for some. I mean, there are some rock stations that are essentially talk shows. That's, I mean, that's accurate. You've got, you've got Wheeler, and, and, and I mean, Wheeler, that's a talk show. When I listen to it, I you know, he's it, the music is the filler. Or, you know, Blundell was a talk show. Yeah. Or, or, uh, any, anything like that. But Those only work in the big, big markets. Yeah, and they don't work in a market like Regina. That's no. not going to fly. Like, um, if you and Ballsy ever just decided, we're going to play one to two songs an hour, like... Blundell, right? Well, yeah, you'd get skewered in this city. Oh yeah, no, we'd be di- we'd be, we'd be dead in the water. Yeah, uh, and I would never think about doing that. Uh, not here, anyway. Ballsy might. Ballsy would. <laughs> if I didn't shut his mic off, yes, yeah, he absolutely would. Uh, yeah. So Saskatoon from Saskatoon, I went back to PA. Now that was interesting. Let me let me explain that to you. Yeah, because the, the the move from Saskatoon to PA is not one most people would be like. So the next logical step in my career, <laughs> right. was to downgrade wholesale. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to go back to where I started. Yeah, uh, I I well, I didn't want to move. Okay, so I had just started. I had just had a daughter. Um, uh, I wasn't together with the mother of my daughter anymore, so it was difficult. It was a tough time in my life. So. Uh, I didn't want to go to PA at that time. The option was not given to me to stick around right. with, with the, the company. And that did not go well <laughs> in my mind. Uh, because immediately, as soon as I started in PA, I was already thinking, I'm going to screw these guys over and I'm going to leave. Uh, which was, looking back at it, so immature of me. I, 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 that's one of my biggest regrets is the way that went over. Uh, that transition with, uh, with Rolko from Saskatoon to PA. But while I was in PA, I really did. I, I, that's where I started doing mornings on Power 99, which was, again, top 40, which was the strangest thing to me. But I learned to love those high energy shows. I was given the opportunity to work with Brent Lokes's daughter, Chelsea Lokes. Chelsea was on The Vibe in Calgary. Somebody had told me she was going to come and be my co-host. And I thought, this is so weird. Like, she's coming from a bigger market to be here. Yeah. I came from a bigger market to be here. So... What we wanted to do was to have a big market show in a tiny market. Something nobody else in that market is competing with because nobody else is doing it. Right. I wanted people in the north end of Saskatoon tuning in to Power 99 in Prince Albert because we were within range and we were a better station and we were a better show. That's what I wanted. And uh, we actually did get a lot of hype around our show, and we used to love doing it. However, I only did it for five months because the opportunity came to come to the Wolf, and my daughter was way closer in the situation, me being in Regina. So then that's a a decision you need to make, you know, and uh, I came here and started doing afternoons, your position. I remember the program director at that time, he shall remain nameless, but I was interviewed twice for the job, and... Exact same questions asked both times. Word for word. Word for word, back-to-back days. He called me the first day when I was at the, I was at the gym. He's like, hey, it's so-and-so from The Wolf, and we're really interested in your stuff. We really like you, man, and, and we, we're wondering if you're interested. Yeah, man, that's, that's great. I'd love it. Okay, awesome. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk. Okay, I get the call next day. Hey, it's so-and-so from The Wolf. How you doing, man? I'm like, all I'm thinking is, I must have left zero impression on this guy. No kidding. 
And, uh, yeah. And then as soon as I came here, started doing afternoons and then, uh, things didn't work out with the PD who was also the morning show host. And then I jumped in the morning show position and it's been three and a half years doing mornings with ballsy so which is interesting the good news is is that ballsy is so for those that don't know ballsy your other half in the morning is so technologically impaired oh i've got job security baby well there's that and the <laughs> fact that he'll never hear this because this no. show is online <laughs> yeah he doesn't know he'll, unless Just, unless you walk up to him and play it for yeah. him push play <laughs> he'll never he'll never hear this because yeah. i'm just thinking in my head like yeah, we've taken a few shots at Ballsy R. No, oh, but so I mean, Ballsy in good fun. Yeah, obviously. but he's and and Ballsy will be the first one to tell you. Like yeah. he is not the easiest guy to work with sometimes, and that's okay. Uh, I a conflict is great in a show. It's it's well. What, let's start at the beginning with him. He's been at this station mm-hmm. for fourteen years. I think he's been here for. I want to say 17 years, Jesus. but he's been doing mornings for 14 years. That's what it is. So coming into an established morning show is not easy. No. I, I, cause it was Chris and Ballsy for years, forever, for, for eight or nine years. It was Chris and Ballsy. And then Bill Toffin came in and that was just a short run. That was about six months. And then I came in and I had, I've never received death threats like that. Like really people just wanted me dead. Wow. And it was because people thought that I had come in and ruined their show because I was totally different than any other co-host he had had. I was a lot younger than anybody he had ever had. Right. So I think a lot of the older crowd was really pissed at that. I tried to, I guess I shouldn't, I, I, I tried to top 40 it a little bit. So okay. I tried to tighten it up. I tried to do things like that. And that did not fly. I tried to shorten breaks at everything like that. And too uh, much change all at once for people who had gotten accustomed to a certain style. Oh, yeah. And and the style they were accustomed to, I don't know if you know of the wolf or the reputation it once had. <laughs> but jackassery. I mean, it it was as no rules radio as it can get in a market this size. It honestly, some of the stuff they did was I'm even disgusted by it. You know what I mean? <laughs> looking back. Look, yeah, looking back. And I mean, same with some of the stuff Ballsy and I have done. I, I'm disgusted <clears throat> about some of that stuff too. And I'm not that kind of guy. I don't like to do disgusting radio. Not I'll a do, shock jock. Right. And I'll do funny radio. And I'll do shock sometimes if it's of value. Right. Right. If you can um, find the merit in the bit. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I wasn't as, as over the top. So it took me a while to kind of find my way in, in the ground. So we, we figured it out that the perfect way to do it is he's the Don Cherry to my Ron McLean. You keep the ship sailing. Right. He goes off. He's, he's the old man who goes off with his mouth, and I'm the guy who pulls the leash every now and then and just kind of makes the segues and says, oh, okay, 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 sits and shakes my head. Uh, I would be the wife out of the husband and wife situation. Right. I, you know, I, I would be the bottom. And uh, it's worked. And I, I don't know how or why, but it's worked. I still listen to our show, and I listen back to it, and I go, I have no idea the value in this i don't find the value in this show and i think that's what keeps me driven with it is the fact that i listen to it and i go this is garbage (laughs) but i'll never be happy with my show it's which is not a bad thing right because as soon as you're happy with your show you're probably not trying hard enough anymore your show is getting boring right or if if you're happy with your show I don't know how to, how to explain I it. guess there's different points. Like, because I'll go home for a day. Like, I'll walk out. Today, I feel like I had a really good show, you know? Mm-hmm. I had my, my callers were working. My bits were working. I, yeah. I got some text feedback and stuff like that. I'm going to go home today, and I'm going to be like, yeah. My wife will ask me how was the show. I'll say it was good. And then there are other days where I walk out of here, and I go, that was awful. Yeah, and, oh yeah. But, but the key is that I know this is why it was awful. This didn't work. This bit didn't work. I, I ran all over that joke. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you when you start going out and people are asking you, oh, how's your show? It's all right. I was yeah. okay with it. That's not good. No, because you're just you, then you're you're doing pablum radio. Yeah, and and I've always felt that I'm not a good jock. <laughs> but 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 again, and I think that's just got a lot to do with my mentality. That's how I've always been growing up. Is I'm I'm not good at this. I get paid at paid well to do it. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm gonna ride this baby out, but. I'm not good at what I do. And I, I know that I am. I must be. But I, I never want to admit it because I've seen people that admit it too much. And it's just like, okay, 
calm down. Well, and this is something we've talked about at length before, and it's something I talked about on on the episode where I was the guest of this ridiculous show. That was good. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we are both of the same mind that we are not special people. No, and you shouldn't be. Uh, the minute you think you're a special person, you're no longer talking to your demo anymore. Yeah. You're, you're talking above them, and you, you can't do that. I mean, there's nothing worse than... So, last night, last night I was out hanging out with uh, so-and-so, some high-fluting celebrity, and yeah. we went to dinner at the high-end restaurant in town. You're so out of your demo as soon mm-hmm. as you say that. Especially on rock. Right. What I did last night is I went and I ate at McDonald's. I went home and I felt like absolute crap for doing it. <laughs> and, you know... I cried. Yeah, I cried because I ate chicken McNuggets all night. <laughs> and that's something your listeners, can, our listeners can relate to. There are four sure where it's like oh i went out with so-and-so celebrity and that works right and that works but in our format man in rock radio the second you do that they're gonna kill you well and that's the thing and i i remember getting to talk to a uh, a class of journalists and i I, journalists i don't know why on earth they asked me (laughs) of all hey kids work at cbc get paid (laughs) (laughs) but they asked me to come in and uh and luckily for me they sort of understood that i was a rock guy from a rock station and Mm. i wouldn't be able to answer their hard news questions about the industry. But one of the ones that they asked, um, that we, we got to talking about the listeners. Yeah. And I said, well, what do you think about your listeners? And I said, they're assholes. Absolutely. Uh, and and every, every mouth in the room came agape. Like, what? Yeah. You're, you're, you called your listeners assholes? I said, they are. But so am I. And yeah, that's yeah. why it works. We, I, we get along because we're similar people. And they're not assholes, assholes. They're no, like, they're, they're not the kind of people that like... They, they wouldn't, you know, kick you in the shins as they walk right. by or, or spit on your, your dead grandmother or anything no. like that. But they expect a certain level of realness. And if they you do something that they don't like, they're going to tell you very yeah. bluntly. Yeah, they're, they're the asshole. Like, your best friend who you've grown up with your whole life is an asshole. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. like, he will be bluntly honest with you. Yeah. And he'll, he, because he can be. Because right. you, you've given him that permission. He mm-hmm. can be. Our listeners have that permission to be bluntly honest, whether we want it or not yeah uh they will be especially with social media it's just it is vicious yeah and it's there are days when if i'm having a bad day and i know our bosses are listening to this but if i'm having a bad day i won't even go near our facebook page because i know it's not going to make my day any better (laughs) so that's that's true i will stay away from it for or i'll give myself okay half an hour I'm just staying away from it for half an hour. You just need to recharge. <sighs> just need to breathe here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, because, man, it can be vicious on there, but it keeps you grounded. It can also be very entertaining. Oh. We, we've, we've, we've done things because we know it'll rot. Oh, Just yeah. the other day, we had the Wolf Christmas party. Yeah. And I, oh, brought, the picture. I brought my daughter for the dinner portion of it. Yeah. Uh, my wife wanted to come. We didn't. We don't really know anybody that we trust with our kid, who's yeah. also still breastfeeding. Right. So we brought the kid for the dinner portion of mm-hmm. the Christmas party. And my secret Santa gift, somebody gave me a bottle of rum, which we left on the table. Mm-hmm. Kid's sitting on the table. She grabs it. And we all think it's hilarious. Right. We start taking pictures of she's my daughter. She's got the end of it in her mouth. Yeah. And it looks like, yeah. Clutching this this bottle of rum. And I remember taking a picture and looking at you and yeah. going, I'm going to post this on the Wolf Facebook page. And your response was, are you sure? <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. I said, well, then good. Do it. It's I mean, going to be funny yeah. because it's a funny picture and people will get it. But the comments are also going to be amazing. And they were. Oh, they were great. It was just <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. I, I, if you get the chance, go to our Facebook page and look at it. Go a few weeks back and look at it. It is brilliant. Yeah. It's Some hilarious. of the things that people find to get angry about. Oh. And social media has just has opened that up to people. And I, do you like social media being part of, of radio? Because I hate it. I like it to a certain extent, especially with distracted driving laws now. I find that with distracted driving laws, phones are down and it's not, you know, I used to worry that it was just my show. Like, oh God, nobody right. calls me anymore. Yeah, yeah. But especially on the afternoon drive, my audience is in their car and Saskatchewan's cracking down. Huge. Big time. Yeah. So they can't call me they can't text me but i can post something on facebook and when they get home in an hour they'll comment on it Mm -hmm. or if they're you know in the passenger seat or what it it just it makes the conversation last a little longer right than your traditional i do a break 
The phones are open for about five minutes. If it works, I run with it. If it doesn't, I bail and I move on to the next thing. Do you find it distracts you from your show? Because no, I find it does. I, I don't find that it distracts me from the show because I, I don't let it. When, when, I'm, when it's time to run the board, when it's time to do mm-hmm. a break, when it's time to move on to the next thing, I, right. I just minimize it and I come back to it when I have time. Mm-hmm. But I, I know how it can be distracting yeah. at the same time because especially with our listeners they will go to town if they know that there's nobody moderating oh i know and yeah, <laughs> and that's why i have to go back and look although i'm really bad for i'll just put something up and leave it because i know yeah that sometimes it'll just annoy me yeah. um but uh, also i find facebook especially facebook i'm not a real twitter guy uh but facebook i find that it's really good for gauging how a break's gonna go right i love putting it up and teasing something before you take it to air even the night before which you see a ton of people do now a ton of radio shows the morning shows the night before will post what they're doing the next day Mm -hmm. and uh and they've already got reactions right out of the gate and that's just it you don't have to wait for those phone calls that might not be coming because you can sit down and and not only can you skew your break to what they're already talking about Mm -hmm. because maybe they're coming at it from an angle you didn't even think of when you were prepping it out right but you can go on the air and you you introduce the idea, oh, and so-and-so on Facebook has already said blah, blah, blah. And once people, I find when people are listening, once they hear an opinion, then they're like, oh, I have an opinion too. Yeah. And they're sharing people's opinions. I want them to share my opinion. Right. And, you know, it's like when it's when the phones were big and even to this day, when you get that one good phone call. Mm-hmm. You want to get it on the air as fast as possible yeah, because you, you know that that's the floodgate opener. Yeah, that. Yeah, and, and but you got to be careful not to rush it too. Of course, uh, I find uh, as well with social media. I don't know if you're like this. Uh, when I'm on Facebook, I'll see what other shows are doing. Right. And it pisses me off when they come up with something really good around something we're about to do. Yeah. Because I look at it and I go, ugh. I want to steal it, <laughs> but I can't because Be- the moral, the person, and the person in me just knows that that's not. Uh, I can't do it. It's not original. It, it angers me. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that if if it's like that with you or not. But I, I, you know what I found when I was in the morning, I found more that I was. Um, I would be disappointed when I would look on Facebook and I would see other people doing what I'd done, especially mm-hmm. people that I knew in the industry. And obviously, you know, everybody's talking about certain topics. But when you go and you look and you see someone talking about a topic and you know that they've looked at your stuff because you know them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're talking about the same topic, which is fine, but they're talking about it from the same angle, maybe even using some of the same lines or jokes. Oh. And you're just like, God damn you. Yeah. Now that I'm doing afternoons, I find it more like what you're saying because I have that whole day where there will be something that I'll think of tonight mm-hmm. that I'm like, that's my, that's my topic or my bit for tomorrow. I, I got it all planned out. Yeah. And then I'll get up in the morning and it's like, oh, great. Six morning shows did the same <laughs> damn thing. And now I'm going to look like that asshole yeah. that's coming in. And, and sometimes you just run with it because you're like, you know what? My stuff is good enough that it'll stand out. Right. But I've scrapped bits since I've been here because I'm like, oh, well, too many people beat me to it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's been you. <laughs> well, uh, well, but I mean, there's also... And we shouldn't be like that because it's not... To, how, what are the chances that uh, the person that's following our Facebook page is following some other station's Facebook exactly, page Exactly, well, yeah. Right? Uh, so we really shouldn't be like that, but that's such an, an industry thing. It's <laughs> like we're the only ones that know we're doing it. Yeah. You know, and you really could... But there's that part of you that's like, no way, I'm not going to be that guy who yeah. does something unoriginal like that, right? There are people, though, in the industry that take it too far. Like, I, I know people, and then I've seen people on, on Facebook and stuff like that, that have literally called out other stations for stealing their stuff. Right. And it's like, you're calling out another Top 40 station or another rock station for talking about the most obvious topic of the right. day. yeah. And it's like, listen, just because your break was at 7.45 and theirs was at 7.50 doesn't mean you get dibs on the, on no, the whole exactly. thing. Exactly. And, and I've, I've had that happen a lot because we're in a market where there's a company that likes to do that. But I'll call them if they use my punchline. Right. If they use my exact punchline or if they even use my exact bit. Which your I've audio. Had, I've had happen. <laughs> Uh, then I'll call them on it. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, who are you to... I mean, 90% of the stuff we use is so obvious. Yeah. It's a, you know, you set it up, you try and hit that home run. I mean, it's going to be an obvious liner. So you share that stuff. How do you but. feel about prep services? 
hate prep services. Do you? Hate them, hate them, hate them. Not saying we don't use them. <laughs> but I hate them. Um, it's, I, there's nothing, I, nothing more that I hate than seeing something, a punchline that I know isn't yours. Right. It's, it's, why are you using it? That's taking away from your brand. Your brand now becomes somebody else's brand. It's somebody else's thought process. It's somebody else's line. I hate it. I understand sometimes the necessity for it. Right. Just trying to fill time, fill content. Right. But then don't, I mean, find something else. If your content is that weak, then do something else. I feel right? like we have spent the last 15 minutes talking about all the awful things about radio. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. This got negative somewhere yeah, along it the did. way. I, I, but I that mean, happens when radio people talk. I don't know. That I have ever had a conversation with a radio person, mm-hmm. uh, and that includes these podcasts, where everything is like, radio is the best, and everybody in radio is the best, and yeah. I just have so much fun, and I love it. Yeah. You know, eventually, we all find things that drive us nuts, but at the same time, we all do love what we do enough oh. that we just will sit down and we'll bitch for 15 minutes about mm. what's killing us in the industry, right? And then we're like, all right, can't wait to go back tomorrow. Yeah, we put ourselves through it, yeah. you know. And and there's nothing like, you know, I, I get up at 3:30 in the morning every day, and I, you know, you have that 30 seconds where you go, why the hell do I do this? <laughs> and then you're on your way into work, and you start going, all right, all right, I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then there's the 10 seconds right before I turn the mic on every day at 6 a.m. where I get nervous. Still. Still do. There's a 10 seconds. It's always just 10 seconds before that news sounder goes and I start news that I get nervous. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the second I lose that is the second I want out. Cause what are you doing anymore? Right. And then it's the rush of it. It's, it's, it's still that feeling of, oh, God, I'm going to embarrass myself. And, uh, you know, I, I'll never have total faith in myself on right. the air. So, and, and, you know, I like that. Uh, that I, I don't know why. I want to talk more about the good things in radio. I want to talk about things that in your career you've really enjoyed, like the cool things that you've gotten to do. You got to fly right. to L.A. and interview Motley Crue. Uh, let's do interviews. You love music. You love bands. I'm a huge interview guy. Who are some of the... the we'll do... You know what? Because we're so negative right now. Let's start with worst. Worst interviews. Worst interviews I've ever done. Danko Jones and I got into a little scuffle. Really? Not Danko, his bass player. His bass player? Yeah, Why was I, his bass player even in on an interview? Because uh, I think, is, is yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even know why he was in there. But right. we, I was on Rock 102 at the time, and I was music director, and we weren't playing their new single. And apparently, I assume for good reason. Yeah, because it was garbage. Okay. And apparently he was upset by that. And he just trash-talked me throughout the whole interview. And there, there's nothing more awkward than when the guy across the table is sitting there talking about how your station's garbage in the middle of a live interview. So, of course, I go to commercial. I kick him out of the studio. And uh, that doesn't go over too well. Then that night I had to introduce them on stage <laughs> at the bar. And they didn't even let me introduce them. They just ran right out on stage and the bass player turns and gives me the finger. I don't know what I did, but that was kind of a, that was, that was an interesting one. That was kind of a nightmare one. Um, I hate red carpet interviews. Oh, um, the worst. They're just, isn't that just the most ridiculous setup ever? It's cookie cutter. You just, you got one guy who's expecting the same question 30 times. Mm-hmm. And unless you're the first guy, you're not getting any kind of energy or excitement right. in the answer. And I had to do, I remember I did the Juno red carpet here and I had been at the Gibson guitar party the night before. And, uh, Clayton Bellamy, you know Clayton Bellamy, he's a radio guy too. Yeah. Uh, him and I ended up getting really wasted the night before, and I couldn't even function the next day. And I'm sitting on the red carpet in a tux, and I'm dry heaving while I'm interviewing these bands. <laughs> and every, I, I don't care who you are in radio, if you if you've ever done rock radio, especially, there's been that time where it's like. I am too hungover to go into work. This is not going to work well. I haven't had it yet. You haven't? I haven't had that you yet. You haven't lived, my Apparently. friend. Apparently. I don't know. I've always, I'm always of the, I, I play it safe. I right. guess I'm, I'm always so terrified that I'm, <laughs> I could get fired one day. <laughs> like for no reason. Yeah, like, and it can happen. I've seen it done. I'll, yeah. You know, I'll have the best show of my life and I'm, the, I go to bed that night going, ah, I'm going to get fired tomorrow. But I've also had some of the best shows of my life hungover. 
And, <laughs> and <laughs> but I, you know what? This whole podcast, if anybody in the industry is listening, they're like, there's no way I'm hiring that guy. Like, <laughs> he's no got way. a drinking he, problem. He, he hates his job. He, 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 yeah, whatever. Uh, the No, there have been some bad. You know, I've had more good interviews than bad interviews. Let's like, do the good ones. What were your favorites? I remember one of the coolest interviews I ever did was, and this is really obscure, Blind Melon. Really? When they they came on a little club tour. And, of course, this was years after Shannon Hoon had passed away. Of course. And they came in and they did a live performance. And these guys were the most humble human beings I've ever met. And they were a band that's just been through absolute hell. And they still had an awesome attitude. Or or Art, Art Alexakis of, uh, I think that's how you say his last name. Sure it is. Of Everclear. Lead singer of Everclear. I'm not going to be the one to tell you you're yeah, wrong. Okay. Somebody will, I'm sure. He uh, he was a great interview, too, and he was one of these guys. I think I relate to these artists who have been through hell and back because I'm not saying I've been through hell and back, but uh, it's, it's just interesting to see how they come up with such brilliant material in absolute darkness. Right. Uh, you know, Everclear was one of those groups that, let's face it, they weren't, they weren't ever huge. No. But they, he had, I remember when he called me, I think his mother had just died. He had just been through a divorce. Everclear was tanking. He had been, he had the IRS on his ass, but he still took an hour and a half and sat and talked to me. Wow. And I was just like, if I were him, I'd bury myself in a hole. But the best interview I've ever done, it was one, and it was one of those interviews that just kind of fell into my lap, was Chris Cornell. He came into my into the studio, and if you small market radio, you don't get many people coming into studio. Where were you at that this point? St- I was in Saskatoon, but especially a star like Chris Cornell. Oh, he's major. There's not a there's not a rock station in the country that would turn him away today. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I had the opportunity to do an hour show with him. Wow! And uh, it was myself and my co-host uh, Tim Harrison, and who used to be on the Bear years ago, and. And uh, I just remember sitting there and you have that moment where you're like, am I even listening to his answers? Like, I should be listening to his answers right now. But I'm so worried about my next question that I'm, 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 I know that I'm going to ask him a question that he's just answered in the previous question. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but it was such a great interview because he was, he was, he was a, an awesome guy. And he was talking about, we were talking about the greatest frontmen of all time, right? And, and how... Axl Rose had just been voted, uh, voted Rolling Stone's greatest frontman of all time at okay. that time. And we were both kind of laughing, saying Freddie Mercury should have been number one. Can't argue with that. And then I'm thinking, well, Chris Cornell should be number one. <laughs> and he's sitting right across from me, you know? Yeah. And, and that was like, that was one of those moments where I, I was just thinking, none of my friends are going to be able to do this. Yeah. Nobody I know can do this. So there's no way I should ever hate radio because I'm doing this right now. <laughs> you know, like this is one of those things where there's some day where I might like I'm going to be able to tell my kids about this. Right. You know, I'm going to be able they're going to one day my daughter is going to fall in love with Soundgarden and I'm just going to casually be able to say, oh, yeah, I, you know, I, I hung out with them for a while for an hour and talked about this and here's the audio if you want to hear it you yeah know? here's like, dad talking to your favorite right. musician yeah and that's it's mind-blowing to think you can do that like i can't even think of guys like alan cross and and you know these names like imagine the stories they'd have oh. you know and that that's that's wild but yeah and slash and i don't know there's there's a whole pile of them that i've done but chris cornell sticks out in my mind i can see how that would be a an, an a number one yeah. yeah i grew up listening to soundgarden so it was just mind-blowing if there was one person out there that you haven't interviewed in in the music world, that tomorrow our boss walks in and is like, so-and-so's in town, mm. they want to come on your show, right? who do you hope it is? Uh, I would like to say like a guy like McCartney. Okay. Or uh, even like Elton John or Billy Joel. I'd love to talk to Billy Joel. But I would be too scared to do the interview. Really? Uh, and I, I think I would. I mean, I, I wouldn't ever turn down the opportunity. But that would be an intimidating thing to me. Like, I also have that fear of, um, I want it to be good. Like, even before this, I had a fear going into this podcast because (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to talk about and I'm going to be so all over the place. Uh, So I would have that fear and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe maybe that would make the interview better, but uh, definitely like a Paul McCartney or Billy Joel or Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine is like my idol. Growing up as a kid, Rage Against the Machine was end all be all. If it wasn't Rage Against the Machine, it sucked. 
and Limp Bizkit. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that's today. Yeah, that's that's what I like today. You know, but uh, yeah, I don't. That's it. That's 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 who I would talk to. So you're in Regina now. You're doing the morning show. Mm-hmm. I assume after this, you're going back to PA. But what comes? <laughs> what comes after that? What what? Do you have a long-term plan? Do you have a goal station or city or uh, or are I, you just sort of seeing what's out there as you go? I I kind of have this mentality now where I just want to focus on here. And and I've, I've got a lot of my friends who have gone on to bigger markets and uh, a lot of them. And they always ask me, you know, why are you just hanging around in, in, in medium markets? And my daughter is here and I don't want to leave her. Uh, I'm again, I'm, I'm in that op- I don't have the opportunity to take her with me wherever I go. Uh, and I refuse to have her grow up without a father. So that I'm sticking around with. I'm, I'm sticking around here for a little while for that. Eventually, do I want to move on? Sure. If it happens. But I, I don't, I'm not one of those guys who's like, I have to go to a, ba- a major market. I make a comfortable living doing what I do. I like the job that I have. And if something comes up, great. Awesome. But I'm not going to say my the success of my career relies on it. I'm, I'm not going to say that when I look back at it when I'm 80 years old and uh, doing a podcast from outer space saying, you know, I, I really wish I would have gone to Calgary. You know, I'm, that, that your career shouldn't rely on that. Is it, is it great to have that goal? Yeah. I mean, if you want that goal, good, but whatever. I know that sounds bad and some people don't get that and... Uh, I don't know. You, you got to be in my position to, to understand it. I would hope that I'm good enough to go there because I've had the offers. But do you think that rock is where you want to live now? Because you mentioned earlier that when you were doing some top 40 stuff, like you, you liked the high energy, you liked the vibe behind mm-hmm. it. But I've also had conversations with you away from microphones. And we talk about some of the stuff that's in top 40 right now. And mm-hmm. you're not always the nicest about it <laughs> but do you think that rock is is your home or do you would you be willing to entertain offers to to try a different format if again if the i offer were taking was right. offers yeah i mean i'm good with any you know they, like anybody says if you're a good jock you can dj anything and i i honestly believe that you, you and that's what i learned right from the beginning is morph be you know be valuable in every format there's nothing wrong with that it, to say oh i'm a rock jock you're pigeonholing yourself. I mean, there's so many great jocks out there that are country jocks, that are top 40 jocks. I mean, I love Adam Wilde. Adam Wilde's great. I love Mark Michaels. Ryder. I love Ryder. You know, like, like these are guys that, well, you know, and Ryder and Mark are almost rock jocks, you know. and The way they do things, yeah. Right. But they're really good at it, too. I think they understand. Like, it's, it's almost like you're not pigeonholed anymore anyway. Because top forty and and rock are so close. I mean, content might be a little different. It's it's becoming personality driven again, and I like that. So you know, we're in that opportunity now with why pigeonhole yourself into one format. Thank I, you, by I, the I way. I was country. worried that we were going to get through an episode without somebody mentioning Ryder, yeah. who, who is the unofficial <laughs> star of this podcast, despite never having been on it. Funny story about Ryder. So I, when I was in PA, I wanted out clearly for the second time, and. I was in talks with Andy Ross, who was a program director of Wired at the time in Saskatoon. And uh, this was after um, Mark Morris had left and they were looking for a new morning guy. So it was between myself and Ryder. So I meet up with Andy Ross at Winston's, this little pub in Saskatoon. And he tells me flat out, it's between you and Ryder. Andy, you made the right decision, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you hitched onto a pretty good star there. And that worked out for them. That worked out pretty well. And <laughs> looking back at it now, if they would have picked me and Ryder would have made it the way he has in some other way, right. I would have felt so guilty. <laughs> so I'm so happy Andy picked him because, yeah, Ryder's... He might have been out here with Ballsy in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, Ryder, no. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Ballsy will never hear no, a no, moment he'll, of he'll this never show. Hear this. No, no. Well, I uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show. We mm-hmm. do have a couple things before we wrap up. I just about bailed earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been talking for so long, it feels. Yeah, <laughs> um, we have been. 
It feels like forever. Couple things that we do at the end of every episode. Uh, you've already mentioned Ryder as somebody, and and Mark Michaels mm-hmm. and Adam Wilde as people that you think are are very talented. Right? Uh, is there anybody else in the industry that you think is is on the up or is already up that that people need to be taking notice of? Oh yeah, um, I'll be a good company guy, and I'll say there are a couple in our company like um, Shauna. Shauna is awesome. At Shauna X-92 Jefferson 9. on X is she's just amazing. She's like a ray of sunshine during the day. Every, when she was here on the air with us doing middays, it was just she's she's it's like something I've never heard in radio. Uh, she's just wa- wild, you know. Uh, so she's she's great. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Tanner in Saskatoon. He's on C ninety five. He's really a brilliant brilliant kid, and he's one of those. I, he gets interviews. I have no idea where he gets these people, but. Like, just obscure people. He'll get, like, Dave Coulier in the middle of, like, a Tuesday to call him. I don't know why. but And I don't know how he does it, but he's he's brilliant. Um, there are... I don't know. It, it, there's, there's so many good ones out there now. A lot of great young talent that scares the hell out of me because they're all out to take my job. So but Any, Anybody out there that's awful? <laughs> uh, there's this afternoon guy in the wolf. He's got a, He's got a little work to do. Uh, I've never asked anybody that question on the show because it's such a dick move and an awkward position to put people in, but I knew your answer would be me. So yeah. I was like, okay, uh, we can do this. Oh, I could get names. No, <laughs> no I would never do We've that. all got that list of people that we almost, we, we follow them almost out of spite. Like, oh, you, yeah. You just, you, those couple people that you know in the industry, you've met a couple times, yeah. and you're just like, I'm going to keep tabs on you yeah. because it makes me feel better about me. Oh, yeah. Or or you follow them and you hate them because yeah. you're like, oh, they're good at blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, but you know, it, it's because they're talented. And anybody listening to the show right now that's like, well, I'm not like that bullshit. You're not like that. <laughs> you Go are. through your Facebook friends. <laughs> you're going to find somebody in there that you're like, oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Absolutely. I totally do. Because yeah. we're all human beings. And, and as radio people, we're all just a little bit shitty. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> totally. Uh, you say you're a terrible jock, but uh, I'll, I'll absolutely. give you the, the mic to end the show. As as a Chad McDonald announced song uh-huh. to introduce the spin of the week. Um, you know what? I uh, th- when I was in Saskatoon, there was a group that I thought was garbage, and I never gave them airtime because I thought they were horrible, and uh, I sure was wrong. So <laughs> you can just play anything by the Sheepdogs because it's a Saskatchewan group. I'm a Saskatchewan boy. It just seems right that I play something from them. Uh, I was going to play Nickelback, but I figured, I don't know, they might get enough airtime as I it, think so. they're going to do okay without you. No, yeah, play something from the Sheepdogs, because I remember the first time I ever heard their stuff, I even told them to their face that it's never going to make it anywhere, so, because I'm unbelievably wrong. Good pick on that. Let's eat some crow. <laughs> well, since we were so negative, how about feeling good? Oh, Perfect.
listening to the Off Mic Podcast. Follow the show online at Off Mic Podcast on Twitter or like the show on Facebook. If there's a guest you'd like to hear on the show, email offmicpodcast at gmail.com. The Off Mic Podcast is a part of the Dolby Radio Network.